You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BBE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Braden Harrington here with Davey Portman for Up Next, PostWrestling.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course... Twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Hello, Twitch room. How are you doing? Yes, it's a, it's a strange time. Usually we're on Twitch uh, late Tuesday evenings, Wednesday evenings, talking about up next and BD Elite and stuff, but it's a, it's a, it's a lunchtime. It's a brunch time ting for, for me anyways. I mean, I'm in Toronto. What, what time is it over there for you? It must be in the evening. Uh, I mean, this is the nicest up next I've done in about three months. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I sat down to watch this show at uh, the pre-show started at 4 p.m. for me. No, sorry, 5 p.m. Main card at 6 p.m. It is now quarter to nine, which uh, certainly beats um, beats the uh, early mornings we've been doing. But uh, yeah, it, really early, especially if you're in the, the Dallas area. Um I've been explaining to people kind of about WrestleMania weekend and how it's like a, a festival almost. It's like the fringe festival where you've got to like kind of jump around and there's so many shows going on and we're, we're going to be doing a show this Tuesday, uh, live on Twitch and also on our Patreon kind of rounding up the weekend. Um, but yeah, this is a bit of a change for NXT, obviously with mania now being two nights SmackDown on a Friday, you've got to fit the hall of fame in, uh, and they wanted to do an NXT show and lunchtime, um, on a, on the Saturdays is where they, they landed. Yeah. It's, it's like a nice afternoon snack. You just watch more wrestling and yeah, there's a ton of wrestling. Like you, it, it does. I mean, 
you know, going to WrestleMania, there's all the different stuff, and it's the first time it feels like it's it's fully back with all the different stuff going on, and plus being two nights, it means it's a whole weekend. Then there's like the Thursday, Friday. It's like it's a whole it's a whole thing. And yeah, we will do do a recap thing. Hang out with us on Twitch this Tuesday. We're going to be going live. I think 11 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, kind of just re visiting this whole weekend and then we'll put the the, the the video will stay up on the Twitch and probably the YouTube as well but the audio I'll put up on the Patreon for all patrons but yeah we'll kind of do a whole Wrestlemania week recap you're going to be doing a live show in Leeds I'm going to be doing a, a watch party uh, in Toronto so we'll have lots to talk about and and all stuff I'm, I'm, I'm not caught up anyways I did however cherry pick of what I wanted to watch and that was the Briscoe's FTR Ring of Honor stuff, so we'll definitely talk be talking about that. But I absolutely love that match, so yeah, can't wait to talk yeah, all about that. I managed to catch that one as well. Yeah. There's, I'm still, I'm, I'm watching Supercard of Honor kind of all over the place, yeah. in, in a in a bit of a weird order. Uh, saw the uh, all of the Mark Hitchcock Memorial Show, which I I really enjoyed, um, and yeah, I'm kind of uh, cherry picked a little bit of Bloodsport. And over the next few days, uh, before Tuesday, we'll definitely try and see what else is worth watching. But, uh, it's good. It, it feels it's been a long time since we've had a WrestleMania weekend quite like this. So it's, it, it's nice to feel like things are quote unquote back to normal touch wood. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun, uh, watching all the different wrestling shows and all the, all the news coming out of, uh, of everything over this weekend. Yeah. No. And it's, and it's great. If, if it's, it's great to see kind of, that that boom of pro wrestling and everything coming together, whether it's all these crazy indie shows and, and everything. But yeah, we'll be doing a, a whole recap of that. But we're here to talk about some NXT. Of course, we talk about it every week on Up Next. And uh, we, we would love for you to hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast app you're using. Give us a nice review. All the little things help us out, guys. And we do Up Next every Tuesday. We record it on Twitch and talk about NXT weekly if uh, you're still someone who's interested in NXT some 2.0. But this is the, the big show. This is the biggest show they put on since becoming 2.0 i mean they're back on road yeah i mean it's over uh well over two years now since they've done one of these arena uh events and uh certainly kind of with this um the at literally the first time for a lot of these performers tonight and some who've been nxt regulars for quite a long time this is their first time doing one of these arena shows so it was cool i i do think um yeah nxt is it's 2.0 era. It's different from how it used to be, but I do think it's important uh, for this brand to get out of the the PC uh, once in a while and kind of experience that live audience because it is developmental and you kind of need to learn how to be in front of a way bigger crowd. I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, imagine trying to like become a wrestler and and you're kind of new to this during the pandemic era when there wasn't even real crowds, just like your your peers just hanging out and live TV and stuff like that. But it, it's finally it, it is cool to kind of see uh, not only like the 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 stars that haven't been able to perform in such a big crowd, but the the people that we used to see fill these arenas think of like your you know your eo shirai's or your champas and stuff like these these people were in these arenas they were used to these and that got like taken away it's just a whole like coming back moment i know wwe has been on the road but for the people down in nxt like you said for two two years over two years then yeah it must be a kind of a a big moment to to finally get out here in texas 
You didn't want to go to Texas for WrestleMania this year? Uh, the timing of it. I, I did. I was planning to kind of a year ago. I was thinking I, I'd be interested in going, but I think, um, obviously I'm over here in the UK right now, but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think a different time, maybe I'd have been into it, but I have already done a Texas mania weekend before. Uh, and it's, it's difficult compared to one of the things I was really looking forward to Tampa was how close everything was together. It was, it was really easy to go from show to show. I remember last time doing the Dallas uh, Mania weekend, everything is really spread out, which uh, which does make it a little bit more difficult. And kind of interest in the main product was kind of down. And at the time, because you've really got to plan ahead with this thing, you, we weren't really sure what kind of indie shows would be going on and stuff. And uh, But yeah, I've had a little bit of uh, jealousy. Like I, I haven't seen it all yet, but I caught a little bit of the Hall of Fame and sort of seeing that reaction to Taker, I was like, oh man, yeah, that would have been kind of cool to have gone to and watching some of these other indie shows and things and just NXT in an arena again. I'm like, yeah, I, I do feel I'm missing out slightly. FOMO. But not, I haven't got massive FOMO. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I feel what you mean. I, I, we were discussing like, hey, if the world opens up and, and stuff by the time we should, we should do it. I've not been super into the product, but I do think, you know, next year, LA maybe possibly, but I, I I do have FOMO definitely for just people going to wrestling events and hanging out and watching wrestling and and all of that. That's what the the whole best part of it for me is. So definitely love that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to 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 go to another wrestling event, but it's not going to be for a, a little while. But it's okay. But it was fun watching all this stuff. Uh, well, should we get into some NXT? I mean, we have a. a I think we should get right into we it. We have a, a lot to talk about with it being a don't call it a takeover, but a stand and deliver from Texas. Yeah. Well, we had on the on the kickoff show a uh, NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Uh, we saw last Tuesday on NXT Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez reuniting. They put aside all their all their differences, all those shovel shots to the back. And they thought, you know what? Toxic attraction is is a bigger threat and we need to take them out. So uh, this tag match was added to the kickoff show. And Dakota Kai definitely seemed to kind of shelve a lot of the um, golem traits we've been seeing, the kind of split personality, the like, like twitchy thing. Uh, didn't really seem to have any of that today Good. was in a lot more kind of colorful gear as well um seemed a bit more like the old dakota kai and raquel and dakota firmly being the baby faces in this match um jane uh, jc jane attacks the injured knee of raquel immediately and then raquel boots her off the apron there's then this quite ugly looking alley-oop onto the top rope from raquel and then uh, Raquel lifts uh, Dakota up for the double stomp to Gigi uh, for a two count. There's then a few back and forth pin attempts between Dakota and Gigi Dolan. Toxic Attraction then get the advantage on Dakota Kai. And eventually she makes the tag to Raquel. Uh, but the referee was quite hot on it here. He was like, nope, Raquel, you weren't holding the, the rope. So get out of the ring. And they did this tag again. Um, and then Jane escapes the Chingona bomb. Uh, but then Raquel boots JC in the face um, and then follows up with her kind of twisting Vader bomb. There's then a nice looking spider German suplex from Dakota where she just dumps 
JC Jane on the back of her head, but Gigi breaks up the cover. And then uh, Jane and Dakota both knock each other down with these pump kicks at the same time, allowing um, Toxic Attraction to hit Toxic Shock, which is their kind of uh, spin kick, leg sweep, total elimination style move for a two count. And then while the ref is checking on Dakota Kai, who seems like she might have been a little rocked from that, Wendy Chu shows up with a pillow and a slurpee. She smacks Gigi in the head with the pillow, throws the Slurpee in her face, and this allows Dakota Kai to hit the Scorpion Kick and face wash to JC in the corner, followed up by the Chingona Bomb from Raquel Gonzalez. And new Raquel and Dakota are your new women's tag team champions. Um, yeah, I I thought this was... I think this was the right move. I think you should have uh, absolutely got the titles off of Toxic Attraction. I think we've said on on the weekly show that this hasn't really been working. And I I still find both JC and Gigi a little bit sloppy. Um, interesting that Dakota and Raquel are not moving up because this could have felt like just a bit of a, a send-off match for those two, but they're going to stick around. Um, overall, I, I didn't particularly like the match. I do feel it kind of did belong on the kickoff show and not on the main body of the show. Uh, just a little bit of sloppiness, but I'm not particularly mad about the result. Uh, I didn't watch this match, but I did see the clips from the, uh, the, like the recap that they showed on the show. And I saw the pillow spot. Is it a Slurpee or is it the orange soda in the, in the face? And why I think I've said this before. If they have the toxic attraction do the, the total elimination, the high low, like, UE used to do and stuff and such, but why wouldn't you call it the toxic elimination? It's just right there. It's, yeah, it's great. Uh, but yeah, I think it was time for uh, something to happen with that division because it's kind of a a lost division until now. Now you just instantly it, it, it's a win win because the Dakota thing just wasn't working. So I'm happy mm. that that goes in a different direction. But yeah, I was figuring that Raquel would be moving up, but I guess that's not the case. I hope we really now kind of beef up this division a bit. I think Casey and Caden in ring have been really impressive recently. And I think that should be where we move to. I kind of, I don't, I'm not a big fan of just having these makeshift teams all the time. And I would say the same with the main roster as well, when it comes to the women's tag division and the men's tag division, to be fair yeah. on the main roster. Well, we get into the show proper. We get a big video package started off uh, saying high noon in the Lone Star yeah. state. We get, Lots of uh, shots of Texas, of Dallas, and uh, yeah, um, I always love these kind of location uh, videos that NXT always used to do, because it used to just be, this would have been TakeOver take over Dallas, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah, that's, Back in the that's day. true. Yeah, I did like the, the opening video. It did feel like, again, NXT hasn't moved for two years, and to finally to make it seem like a show, and uh, the whole Western stuff is definitely always up my alley. Are people in Texas allowed to bring their guns to these events? Just asking. Uh, honestly, when I've been before, there have been signs saying like no firearms and That's stuff good. like that. That's good to know. Like as if it has to be stated. But yeah, uh, I, I, you, yeah, I don't believe you're allowed your guns. Okay, good. Uh, in the arena. Um, but yeah, we start off with a match. I. I kind of think we all figured would open the show, the North American Championship ladder match. And this is Carmelo Hayes defending the title against Grayson Waller, Santos Escobar, Cameron Grimes, and Solo Sokoa. 
Um, they did a few of the entrances on the kickoff show to just save for time. But we started off with a great uh, looking uh, entrance for Cameron Grimes. He has his rocket going to the moon on the giant Titan yeah. Tron. Um, with everyone in quite nice gear. He had dollar bills all over his gear. You had Carmelo Hayes in kind of Shawn Michaels-inspired gear, like the the blue blue and black leopard print that Shawn uh, wore. Uh, you had Santos Escobar dressed like uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, that was sick. Uh, like the, the, the yellow, the almost like highlighter yellow and the tassels mm. and stuff. I thought that looked clean, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of people at ringside for this match. You've got Sanger with Grayson Waller. You've got uh, Electra Lopez, Joaquin Wild, Raul Mendoza with Santos Escobar. Um, and uh, you've obviously got Trick Williams there with Carmelo Hayes. So lots of kind of extra bodies for this match. And before it kicks off, Melo's in the middle of the ring, surrounded, and he says, this is the most important championship here, and none of you deserve it. So they all go to beat him up where Trick saves Mello by dragging him outside the ring, allowing the rest of them to brawl. Mello and Trick then pull Sokoa out of the ring and slam him against the barricade. Uh, Mello then clears the ring and tells Trick to get the ladder, but Legado are in his way. Grimes and Sokoa then team up to deliver kind of yes kicks, chest kicks to Mello. Sanger and LDF then both bring ladders into the ring, but Escobar drops the drop kicks the ladder into Sanger, and Waller drop kicks a ladder into both of Legado. Sukoa then dives at uh, like is charging at Grimes, dives, but Grimes ducks, and Sukoa takes this quite nasty landing on the floor, kind of taking out Sukoa, but pretty much just eats shit here. <laughs> Um, and then Escobar follows up by an awesome looking tope, uh, Suicida. And then Grimes hits the tope con Hilo over Mello's head to Escobar on the floor. And then Hayes hits a springboard moonsault to the outside, taking out everyone. Uh, it was quite a yeah. fun sequence here. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Santos has one of the best topes because he does like the headbutt one. Like the, like. He's so fast. Yeah. It, it looks well. like a torpedo, really. And then uh, Grimes doing the, the, it's like one upping each other. And then finally, just this perfect moonsault from Hayes as well. The guy, the guy has a, a pretty nice aerial, uh, offense. I, uh, underrated mm. Carmelo Hayes. Grayson Waller is then sandwiched between a ladder and the turnbuckle. And then Mello is sandwiched between that ladder and another ladder. And then Santos uh, is kind of propped up against that ladder, allowing Sokoa to hit like an Uso splash to all three of them, just squashing them. Poor Grime, uh, Waller taking the brunt of this yeah. here. Uh, and that's not all no, the brunt of no. Waller's going to take in this Poor match. Poor Waller. <laughs> Yeah, Santos then drop kicks the ladder right into Grimes' balls um, and then starts to climb and Waller just comes out of nowhere with a cutter taking Santos off the ladder. Mello then hits a springboard clothesline to Waller, knocking him off the ladder and then Mello goes for a second springboard but eats a super kick from Sokoa. And now Escobar and Sokoa are fighting on top of the ladder and Santos hits this beautiful-looking sunset flip, sending Sokoa crashing into this ladder that's propped in the corner. And I loved Escobar's just facial expression after this. Like, oh, did I just kill this bloke? Yeah, this um, this was a crazy spot. Probably the, the craziest spot in this match. Just 
like the sunset bombs in ladder matches are always risky. How many times have we seen people uh, either mess them up or get hurt? And I hope Solo didn't get too hurt, but this looked nasty. It looked great. Sanger then comes in to stop anyone grabbing the ladder. He just rips this ladder in half. And then Electra Lopez comes into the ring and he kind of gets a little, I don't know, like hypnotized by her. Sort of, oh, pretty lady in the room right now. And this allows Joaquin and Raul to attempt to take the big man down. And then Electra climbs the top and hits this crossbody to the floor, taking out Waller. Um, so uh, Electra getting involved here as well. Sikoa then tries to get both of Legado up for like a double Samoan drop, but doesn't quite have them like the strength to get them up completely and just dumps them in front of him. Uh, looked a little ugly here. It's a little weird, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Santos and Sikoa are now on the ladder, but uh, Trick tips this ladder over and then Trick tries to climb to win it for his buddy Carmelo Hayes, but he's afraid of heights. So he's stalling and Grimes tips him off. And now Mello starts to climb the ladder, but it's completely out of position. So he can't reach it. Waller starts to climb up the same one. They're fighting on top. And now Grimes and Sokoa are climbing up a second ladder. Escobar gets a third ladder. So now all five are on top trying to reach the, the belt. When Grimes and Sokoa fall, Mello and Escobar fall. And you see Waller, he's trying to like consider do i try and go viral do i jump off this thing or do i reach for the ladder for the title he goes for the title but the stalling prevented him from getting it because escobar grabs his ankle and then hits a rana off the ladder to waller followed by the uso splash from solo and then there's this ladder set up between the barricade and the ring apron and Grimes, out of nowhere, hits this cave-in to Sokoa on both the ladders across there, which looked pretty nuts. But that wasn't it. Waller then climbs up this tall ladder on the outside, and Mello is set up on this uh, on this horizontal ladder. Waller goes for his, like, like the basketball shot. Through the legs. Elbow drop yeah. through the legs. Um, but Mello moves and Waller's like right arm here just takes the brunt of this smashing through this ladder. Um, I haven't seen any kind of injury update yet on Twitter. I don't know if you have, but this looked really nasty and wouldn't be surprised if he was kind of seriously injured here. Yeah. I mean, it looks really scary. I watched the replay quite a few many times, uh, but him just getting he just falls and it's almost like his arm goes one way in the ladder I, he's tweeted saying I, I did it and i went viral but like man he he eats shit in this spot i hope he's okay but wow uh look like genuinely scary it's almost because yeah. he's doing an elbow drop so his whole body is already not hitting the full ladder it would have made sense if he did land on the ladder but instead it's like the ladder doesn't help catch him so he also eats he also just eats shit, but yeah. But normally these la- like these elbow drops, you kind of take it all on your side or on your back, don't you? And this, like, his ribs were nowhere near it. It was literally just this arm just crashing yeah. through it. Looked looked really nasty here, so hope he's okay. This man just taking um, bumps, just going, yeah. yeah, wow. There's then a phantom driver from Escobar to Mello in the ring, and then 
Cameron Grimes comes off the top rope with the cave-in and just runs up the ladder, grabs the title, and new Cameron Grimes went to the moon and is your new North American champion, and he did it for his father. Wow. To the moon. I mean, yeah, he had the cool, uh, what, Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, rocket to the moon stock entrance, and we, we followed his story here in NXT for quite a while. The million-dollar championship didn't count, apparently, so now he actually has gold, and uh, it's kind of a big moment for this guy, especially if you followed him, not just his NXT run, but just Tre- Trevor Lee as well, and uh, I, it was it's it's good. We, we predicted that he would win. It just makes sense. As soon as you mentioned, yeah. I'm doing it for my dad who passed away, it's like, come on, he's he's got to do it, and we, we were kind of saying it's like how Zack Ryder won that one WrestleMania uh, ladder mm. match as well. It's kind of a similar thing here. But yeah, I mean, Cameron Grimes always delivers. He had so many crazy spots in this match as well. That collision course, uh, like s- slam thing, all, all those cave-ins and stuff. But I think everybody kind of did their part. Um, the, some of the stuff that, that was a little miss for me was maybe, um, I felt like Solo Sokoa kind of was the one guy who kind of just got beat up a lot and then was like kind of an afterthought, but still got to be mm. featured in the match. But I thought there was a bit too much of everyone else's interference. Like there's already so many people and so many things going on. I don't know if we necessarily needed Legato out there. I liked the trick spot, but still like it was a bit like a little too much, but still, still like a, a fun match. Cause there was a lot of crazy stuff that San- another Santos, that Rana off the ladder. That was crazy as well. Yeah, I, I felt maybe it was it was more like it's WrestleMania weekend. Let's try and get everyone of course, yeah. on, especially, especially like I'm happy for like Raul and Joaquin Wild because they've been there for well, Raul especially has been there forever and not going to be in a match, but to get like being able to do stuff in the big like arena. Uh, yeah, I, I thought this was fun. It was a, it was a bit of a car crash, but that's kind of what you you expect from these ladder matches. Um, not quite at the level of some of the previous ones we've seen at takeovers, but still uh, really entertaining, good feel-good moment with Grimes winning at the end and a couple of crazy spots there at the end as well. Um, Escobar, I think, maybe was the maybe the highlight of this for me. I just think he's so smooth with everything he does. Like when he just... Was it Mello just like rolls in the ring and he just catches him right away with that phantom driver? Yeah, that was... The way he just leapt up for that Rana off the ladder, I think he's so good. And you wonder if he's due a... He's been there a while. Uh, you wonder if he's going to be one to maybe move up soon. Uh, yeah. With the, as the whole unit. The whole, the whole group, I guess, would make sense. I mean, hey, and, and uh, Carmen Electra Lopez... Right, she doing that dive off the yeah. top was pretty cool too. Um, but you know what? I, I think Carmelo Hayes is, is is like he loses this title, but I wouldn't be surprised if you see him get a, in a bigger position, whether it be the NXT World Title or like maybe even a main roster thing. Because I think that mm-hmm. guy is kind of has everything as well. Because I mean, his the the Mike stuff definitely has been hitting, and he's he's solidified the character with this title run, but. Uh, he could feud. He could still be here and feud with Grimes and stuff. But it it freshens it up where Grimes can now feud with a bunch of different people and go different ways. Yeah. But yeah, this was a this was a a good opener for this show. We see Tony D'Angelo show up with the star of Netflix Untold Crime and Punishment, AJ Galante. Uh, I know you're a big AJ Galante fan, <laughs> as am I. Um, they're in a what is this like a Ford Chevy? 
here. Look nice. What kind of car is it? I don't know. I'm, yeah. not, I look, look, I'm not a car guy, but I'm going to say it was a Ford Chevy and correct me on Twitter <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, he's he's ready for his, his match against Champa. Um, and well, that's coming up next. And we get this awesome entrance for Tommaso Champa, which is just this highlight package of Champa's entire time in NXT. Um, and it leads to him saying, my moment is now. And he comes out and I thought by far just felt like the biggest star on this show um, here. Really, really cool entrance. It's a shame. I would have liked No One Will Survive like one more time for him to come yeah, out to. Yeah, true. Uh, but he's got a fight to survive now. And he comes out. He does a bit of Triple H and HBK cosplay. Uh, does the Triple H spit and then the the HBK like muscle pose in the ring. I mean, yeah. Is, I mean, uh, yeah. Triple H, Papa of NXT, Uncle Paul, whatever you want to call him. Him saying he's going to retire. He, he is retired now. That was the whole news this week. And Champa being one of the the guys there doing the the water spit was pretty pretty cool. Him doing the Shawn Michaels was pretty funny too. Yeah. So Champa is just all over D'Angelo to start with hitting his repeated running knees. He throws him into the ring steps. Uh, hits a knee to him on the outside, and then does his apron spot where he pats himself on the back. Champa then exposes the concrete at ringside, but Tony D comes back with a falcon arrow. Champa goes for the fairy tale ending, but this is blocked. So Champa attempts to go for the air raid crash, but D'Angelo slips out of it. Now both start trading roll-up pins with both grabbing at the tights. Tony then starts kind of George Atkins saying, I'm Tony D, I'm the Don around here, and Champa just slaps him across the face. And then rips off his top and starts delivering these chops to D'Angelo. Tony then leaps off the top rope but is met with this knee to the jaw. And then Champa delivers this beautiful like ripcord rolling elbow just clocking him right in the chin. I thought this looked great. Um, yeah, like he a, nailed it. Rainmaker rolling elbow they, looked awesome. Yeah, they even showed the replay in slow-mo because he nails him. He totally clocks him with that. It looked great. D'Angelo then goes for his crowbar, but Champa ducks and boots him in the head. But as the referee is clearing the crowbar out of the ring, D'Angelo delivers a low blow, followed by the fisherman buster. One, two, but Champa kicks out. D'Angelo then goes the outside to get the crowbar again, but as he gets back into the ring, gets caught with Willow's bell and the fairy tale ending. One, two, and D'Angelo kicks out. Champa then locks in the Gargano escape. And it's clear that Vic isn't allowed to say the words Johnny Gargano mm. because he's going, oh, we've seen this before. Another tip of the hat as everyone in that arena are chanting Johnny Wrestling. D'Angelo then delivers the DDT onto the concrete to Champa. He rolls Champa into the ring, kicks him in the head. And picks up the win. Damn. Tony De, Tony D'Angelo puts out the Black Heart in his final NXT match. Wow, the final stamp on black and gold. Champa doing the job on his way out of NXT. Uh, yeah, I this we were talking about 
needed to be kind of the the showing up moment for Tony D'Angelo because I think some of the wrestling is there. I know he hits that fisherman buster that we like to call sleep with the fishes men buster, but it like he has some of the wrestling, but I still didn't quite feel like he he, st- he still showed like it didn't get enough really. It was more of the the cartoon character, the Italian mobster walking around getting the crowbar, hey, talking to his boy, hey, oh, hey. I still didn't get quite the wrestling. And then you had Champa in the first like few minutes of this match just pretending he's Triple H hitting the, the, the face buster, the spine buster. He even does, did the, the Hunter Hearst Helmsley like curtsy thing. And I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, it kind of didn't feel as maybe as like, uh, genuine as some of the other like NXT exits that we've kind of seen just because it was just, it didn't. It, it didn't feel too much of a match, and and I mean, this is just nitpicking because I've watched Champa and I'm a big fan. But Tony D just randomly kicks out of both finishing moves. Just, just, just saying. I know that's yeah, a, that's it a. Didn't feel, <laughs> no, I, I agree. The it didn't feel earned. You know, yeah. like it's you. You have the those like epic matches, like the the Gargano Champa ones, the Cole Gargano ones, and you have. You 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 kind of spam the finishers a little bit and have the kickouts, but it's like uh, I don't think Tony D'Angelo's really earned kicking out of both of Champa's finishers in a row. Yeah, it, it was it was a little weird. Uh, I don't like I don't mind, of course, the the old guard, you know, taking the the the, the L and pushing over the the new talent, but it just it didn't feel it didn't feel like that those big kind of epics that maybe they were trying to pr- promote it as such, especially with the video beforehand with like all the young people watching the clips of Champa, like the, in the video package, like that was pretty well produced. I just, it, I, it didn't really, it didn't really hit for me. It felt like just another like quick TV match uh, f- for me. Yeah. I feel, as you said, I, I think Tony D'Angelo can wrestle and obviously he hasn't been doing this too long. So it wasn't going to be at the level of some of those classics, but I just, I was expecting a bit more violence here, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's what it was. I think, I think you needed to see more of those like elbows to the face and Tony D'Angelo bringing it back. And I, I know you're not going to get blood here in NXT, but just a bit more brutality between the two to kind of feel, feel earned that D'Angelo wins this thing and also feels earned when Champa gets his standing ovation at the end. And I think, okay, you had the, the DDT to the concrete, but I feel he should have just hit his finisher again after it, rather than he just kind of pushed him. It was like a boot. boot. Yeah. It was like a boot to the head. And but... it just didn't look too devastating. And especially when he's just been kicking out Champa's moves. Um, it, it was like an oak, like it was a fine middle of the road TV match. But when you put the, the stakes of it being Champa's last match and all that, it, it didn't really uh, hit, unfortunately. Yeah, I still, um, like, I'm, I'm not totally giving up on, on Tony D, but I do feel like he's definitely more of this gimmick wrestler than than actual, like, what I thought maybe... I thought we were getting Italian Kurt Angle, you know what I mean? I thought that's what... Is he, some of the stuff looks like he can actually, you know, do some some sweet stuff, but in, instead we're getting a lot of the, the kind of cartoony stuff that i'm not too into i was into him uh ending the, right before he boots him in the head he says va fangul so uh, i did i did laugh at that uh that's some Italian like honestly I, I think i think his last like champa's last match with bron felt more more at that level you know you're passing the torch on 
both bled, like both really brought it, had a pretty good match, I thought. I felt that felt way more of an exit than this. Um unfortunately. Yeah, I I like the afterwards where Champa then goes up the the ramp and Triple H music hits and we get this pretty great moment here. Yeah, which I, I don't think everyone saw. I think this was during commercial breaks on Peacock, but if you had the network or you pay for the full version of Peacock, you'd have seen this. There were uh, thank you, Champa Chance, NXT Chance. Champa kind of kisses everyone goodbye when Triple H comes out and just hugs Champa. Champa gets quite emotional. He's crying. Um, but yeah, this, this was a nice moment. And this is kind of, if you were there in the arena, like this is what you were there for more so than the match, I feel. Um, it'd be interesting. See, do, do, you, do you see maybe a Raw or SmackDown after Mania for, for Champa's call-up? Uh, he, is he going to face Seth tonight? <laughs> uh, you're you're missing. He already did, Davey. He made his. It was pretty epic. He was in the battle royal on SmackDown. Oh, was he? Okay, I've I've not caught who. Oh, who who won that? I don't know. Dolph was in it too, but he didn't win it either. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I, I'm going to have to go back. I uh, I can't miss the Andre the Giant. Memorial Battle it's, Royal. It's too, it's yeah, it's too bad Jeff Hardy's in AEW now because I would totally have put Champa versus Jeff uh, on Raw. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, it's a little sus every time these NXT guys move up, and lately it hasn't been working out. But jobbing Champa in these in these things already is like, all right, that's how they that's how they see him, uh, unfortunately. But I would like to see him be put in a way bigger role. I mean, it's not a job every time you lose. You do have to lose in wrestling. No, no, no. I, I, I just wanted to and see like, Jeff. You do him. go off out, out on your back. Yeah, right? no, oh, 100%. 100%. Um, I, not, again, not mad at that at all. I just, I, I didn't think this match uh, hit the way I think we thought it would. No. I agree. We go to our next match. It's for the NXT Tag Team Championship Imperium with new music. It sort of kind of sounds like. Uh, Dvorak, but not really. It's like NXT's own version of it. Um, but both Imperium uh, and Gunther later with this new music. Yeah, I mean, uh, so they're not allowed to use Symphony Number no. Nine. Like, no, they're, they're allowed. It's public domain. Yeah, to. so they yeah. just chose not to to use it and gave it something that's similar to it. It's it's weird. Is it because that people keep chanting Walter? And it's like a way to get rid of that, or is it just they're like, "Ah, oh, we'll just give you this new music." I, Possibly, I think they also just want to own everything. They want, yeah, it's, like to be I, it's, theirs, it's you know, to license out. Yeah, it's it's just like I've already said that I think they stripped everything that was cool about Walter, and then they literally just changed the music. But uh, it's just music, but it's and it's similar. But I'm just like, oh, it's very, mm. it's it's weird that you would change it now, but whatever. They're taking on the Creed brothers, uh, Diamond Mine, all like pimped out tonight. Uh, do you want to like describe Malcolm Bivens? Yeah, look, wow, here. this was fantastic. Malcolm Bivens in the whole what kill a cam baby uh, pink here with the furry like everything, the suit, the do rag, the pink do rag, the pink cell phone. Uh, he even definitely fed Wade Barrett his lines here because he got Wade Barrett to say the word dipset on uh, this event, which I definitely got a big pop out of. But yeah, Malcolm Bivens showed up for wrestling. Malcolm Bivens is waiting for this opportunity to show off some of his fits. And this definitely was a highlight here. Uh, for the Diamond Mine, he was looking he was looking clean here. I loved it. Pink, pink everything. 
Pink attack. No, not some pink and black attack. <laughs> and MSK coming out with their own personal disc jockey and leaving Izzy's dad and his crew in Florida uh, because cheers for MSK for once, which was kind of nice to see. Yeah, yeah. I, it's they usually they there were still some booze here, but they've been getting booed randomly in in the the Florida area. So I mean, it's it's good for them to kind of not. Hear those boos. Not yeah, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think Izzy's dad can make all these people boo them. Uh, but yeah. So this, whenever we see these kind of three-way tag matches in NXT, the rules are slightly different to how we see uh, like on main roster and in AEW because it's three people in the ring at the same time and you only tag your partner. Whereas in other three ways, it's kind of like you can tag anyone and it's two people in the ring. Um which I kind of prefer this way. Just tag your partner and having like triple threat rules. Um, yeah. I think it makes a kind of different dynamic. And you've got Brutus who's just clubbing down uh, with fists to the back. Uh, Bartel comes in with a nice like gut wrench suplex. And then, sorry, uh, Brutus hits the gut wrench suplex to Bartel. Then Julius hits a gut wrench suplex of his own to Bartel. Uh, Wesley and... Uh, gets tagged in, allowing MSK to hit their combination of kicks and the stomp to Julius, followed up by they they do the the catapult, and then Wesley kind of keeps Julius on his knees while Carter comes in with the stomp, uh, sorry, to Bartel here. There's then a beautiful suplex and diving spinning uppercut off the second rope from Bartel, and then uh, Nash Carter runners. Marcel Bartel off of the apron, forcing kind of Bartel to fall into Eichner almost with like a diving headbutt, uh, which a really cool spot on the outside here. And then MSK uh, hit this, sorry, I think it's Wesley hit a flipping dive over the top onto yeah. Imperium, this is, which looked really nice. Yeah, he's doing like all sorts of handsprings and then like moonsaults over the ropes to the outside. Very impressive. Uh, the Sasuke special yeah. almost yeah. here. Uh, Carter then hits a swanton, followed by Lee hitting the spiral tap for a two count. There's then a double superplex to Julius, which, uh, in doing so, takes out Wesley and Bartel. And this looked quite painful because Julius just comes crashing down, like feet first to their heads onto is both it, guys. Is this the cannonball? Not, not yet. Not quite. No, no, no. This is, that's next. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Brutus then climbs the top rope and hits. A cannonball, cannonball, like you're jumping into a swimming pool, onto them all. I don't think I've ever seen this before, and this looked awesome. I'm sure you've seen, uh, if you didn't watch the show, I'm so, sure you've seen the gifs of this already. If you haven't, check out Brutus Creed hitting the pow- uh, cannonball, because yeah. this was awesome. Yeah, this is full Anchorman. I just handed an urgent and horrifying news story. I need you to stop what you're doing and listen. Cannonball. This was This was the highlight of this match. This guy needs to do this move all the time. Oh, absolutely. Instantly, I love the, the, like, the image of, I've watched this already, the, the replay of this spot so many times, but yeah, this dude is huge. This is, this guy, this is Brutus doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the, there was water in the pool. It takes two people to, to kind of catch you, but yeah, very impressive. But it, it does feel like, you know, when you go to like 
a public pool and you see like all these people that can do fancy like flipping dives and stuff like this into the water and then you just run up and cannonball into it yeah julius is like i ain't doing a flip over the top rope but i'll do it's, this it's and e- it looks yeah great. it's equally as impressive it's almost like a, a move in like comic books where like the bigger guy like he's not the biggest guy but he's kind of you know uh rounder i i guess and it's almost like an I think of like an X Men where like the guy just th- throws himself or at him. But yeah, it looked really cool. I love this spot. The pin gets broken up by Eichner. Bartel then just comes flying in with this crazy spinning uppercut to Julius, which sends him crashing into the ring steps and kind of bumping his head there, taking him out. We then get the Imperium bomb to Brutus on the floor. And then they go for it on Nash Carter in the ring, but he manages to counter it into a sunset bomb. And then there's a Rana from uh, Wesley into, onto Eichner, which gets caught into a power bomb, uh, which looked great. And MSK pick, pick up the win. Yeah. And two time NXT champions. And I guess their, their journey with the shaman and all that finally, finally came to an end. They, they, Reclaim their gold. Yeah. Stand and deliver. Yeah. I, I think, I think the right team won. I wanted to see the Creed get their, the Creeds get their moment, but I think keep building them to finally get to there is even like a, a bigger story or a bigger project here. But MSK now two time champs. I think, uh, you could still do some sort of thing where it's MSK was in, involved in, uh, taking the creeds out and you could, that could be the heel turn down the line or something like that. But I thought the match itself had everything we thought. My only, my only complaint is that I think it still was kind of short. Um, it kind of still felt like it was the length, if, if not shorter than like some of your TV matches. I, I think it went not even 12 minutes and it had like a lot of crazy spots, but, um, it was probably, it was still probably my match of the night. But the thing that stood out to me were the Creed brothers, just with all that wrestling and like the spots where they, they, they wrestle the guy, throw one into the other and like catching each other. And like, of course, Imperium are, are known for that stuff as well. But I thought, um, all three teams just kind of brought different things to this match. Um, kind of similar to the, the revolution match, the, the triple threat tag match, where it's like three different things going on at mm. once, but, um, still, still an, an impressive match, but I think MSK winning it kind of lets it um, kind of stretch out the story of whatever's going to go on with the tag division. But I will say I was a little shocked that they won because I f- would have figured that they were an easy call up uh, to see them on the main roster. I think that's the thing tonight. Like a lot of a lot of kind of the old guard um, when they win, it's like oh that's interesting. I guess they're they're sticking around because I thought they were going to go with the Creeds here and have. Uh, MSK move up but clearly sticking around I I didn't mind the length I kind of liked it that it was a sprint because it just meant it was so kind of packed like every everything was happening all at the same time it was so like frantic uh, which I I really enjoyed but yeah all three of these teams I could I could watch a bunch of and I kind of hope they do stick around and maybe hopefully get some new teams in there as well for this division yeah. uh, to mix in with it. I also don't mind that uh, MSK used a different move to win because I, I was kind of, their heart attack looks cool, isn't really kind of a huge finish, I, I would I always say. But then this one was the Rana off the top into the sit-out powerbomb combo. I'm trying to remember who used yeah. to do that. Did, was, did Ms. Morrison used to do that? I forget. Someone used to do that. And uh, it, it looked pretty sweet. 
It's similar to what gin and juice, but with a power bomb to finish instead. Yeah, so like one guy ronos you, and then in midair you get caught in upside down into the power bomb. But yeah, it looked great. We go backstage with new North American champion Cameron Grimes. He's being interviewed by Mackenzie Mitchell, and he's very emotional. He's crying. He says, "I'm sorry. I'm in shock. Three years I've been working my ass off because this is where I wanted to be. This is where I was always going to be." My father said he knew I was going to be a WWE superstar. I'm more than a WWE superstar. I'm a WWE champion. Uh, yeah, great quick promo here, but sounds very natural. Uh, this I, this guy is great. Like whether he's being a like an asshole heel, a comedy guy, serious. Like I think uh, I believe this guy all the time, and I. I look forward to seeing this guy go further in this company. Yeah, 100%. He he has everything. We've seen him do the comedy. It's been pretty funny. We've seen him do the silly stuff. He's worked through all that. He's fought the zombie in the haunted house and all that stuff. But having him in like a more serious role is where we kind of wanted to see him. And now finally getting that kind of mentioning the three-year journey and again, his, his father and, and stuff. Yeah, uh, big, big fan of this guy. And mm-hmm. I would love to see him go further. But finally getting some gold here in WWE, even though the million-dollar title still counts. He won it. So I still would still credit him. Uh, for. I hope he has that Wait, on his it's mantle. Like, yeah. It's like the FTW title, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But like, I'd still give it to him because it, it was a moment. Never forget, last bump shoes, Ted DiBiase. Yeah. Quote, unquote, last <laughs> bump shoes. Uh, you skipped over that Chase University was in the crowd scouting for their Dallas campus. Oh, I might have been having a pee then. What happened? Uh, well, uh, that's that's just it. They uh, they went looking for students in in Dallas, uh, and then there did they find any? It, they had some different people, so maybe they maybe they did, uh, maybe they did. Right. But there was also a Nikita Lyons uh, vignette that we see every kind of the, the last few weeks. Yeah, I think they had some things which are just I think when the commercials play yeah. on the on the free version of Peacock. Um, Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. But we then go to Joe Gacy and Harland stood on a grassy knoll in Dallas. This was a, f- a pretty grassy knoll. Do you know where they were, Davey? Uh, I mean, it looked like they were by uh, where 
JFK was Yeah, shot. Dealey Plaza. Yeah, I've I've been there. Wow, no way. When I, when I last went to to Dallas, yeah. This was pretty creepy um, considering this whole his whole thing here. Like I thought it was a good spot for them to go and cut a promo. It's it's different, creepy. Yeah. Gacy say, "Here it is, Harland, the famous plaza where the world stopped when there was a tragedy." On that day, the nation and the world came together as one. But why is it only tragedy unites people when it should be triumph? There has to be a better way, and I put that on my shoulders. I make it my responsibility to unite people. I truly hope you choose peace so we don't have to suffer tragedy and loss ever again. But that all depends on you, doesn't it? So, uh, yeah, Gacy's going to gonna assassinate someone it seems <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean uh harlan just standing there it's it definitely is what he's trying to tell us something is like yeah there's gonna be some assassinating going on but uh yeah uh, very very creepy with continuing this whole it's it's going away from the woke stuff though i'd say he, he had the peace symbol on his pin but i still think he's kind of maybe going away from it, um, I saw Harland was a was a hit at Wale Mania because uh, he was he was dressed to impress with some with some drip. But here you wouldn't mm. you wouldn't know because he just always stands there in the Michael Myers overalls. But um, yeah, I, I this was this was fine. I I mean it's yeah, I agree. It's kind of it's it's completely moved on from the the woke stuff, and we saw this with Wyatt, didn't yeah. we? It just starts to lose its way and he'll be he'll be doing magic in no time. <laughs> he, yeah, I was surprised he didn't say I was the one who uh, assassinated JFK. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess it w- it would actually be Harland who assassinates, isn't it? Cuz Joe Gacy would pull the strings and hip and like brainwash this guy to do it. So, isn't that the theory so, Lee Harvey Oswald was brainwashed? Yeah, by who, the Russians? Maybe Something yeah. like that. Or was it was it do we Harlan's got to Lee Harvey uh, leave his overall he's got to leave his overalls in the local movie theater isn't he and, and run they're going to change his name to Lee Harland Oswald <laughs> Lee Harland Oswald <laughs> that's fucked uh, is this offensive I don't know I don't know we know we all know it was and it, it was <laughs> the, the aliens that did it the lizard people that yeah. did it anyways so I don't know Absolutely. let us know your conspiracy theories of J- I'm Canadian I don't know enough about conspiracy theories about JFK but yeah mm. yeah who is uh, Lee Holland Oswald going to assassinate? <laughs> yeah, is, wait, is this offensive? Tune in on Tuesday to find out. <laughs> Look, we don't want to see any assassinations, but I do still think that they should be recruiting. Like, like Chase U is in the crowd recruiting. I think Joe and, and Harlan could be uh, definitely like recruiting some people in Dallas. I think they'd find some yeah. interesting. I think they find people that might not be too into the woke stuff, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got to go to Austin for that. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Well, we go to our NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose, the champion, defending the title against Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kay Lee Ray. Uh, Cora Jade makes her entrance with the Devotion Skateboard Company. They're skateboarding <laughs> all over the place. This, um, like, look, I like Cora Jade, and I, I, I'm not saying she's not a skater, and not saying she's not not a skater but i something screams like like not authentic 
when she comes out with the t- the thing like again we never see a strike. yeah okay 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 thank you thank you i need it yeah i'm in my head i'm like wait why she came I... about two feet yeah. and looked like she fell over again i think yeah her, like but... i think she's great i like yeah, Corey me Jane, too. but no I, I agree i do but i do find it like a little a little weird like again sorry to compare but the only other wrestler that you know uses the skateboard as of late is is darby and like he rides down it he uses it as a wet like he it's all like in his thing whereas she just yeah. does two kick push kick push and then she's like holds it up it's like it's kind of like like what other gimmicks in wrestling where they pretended to be one of these things and not actually like well at least it's, it's like we remember like undertaker would just whiz around on that motorbike and then raquel when she's on us would walk it <laughs> like, yeah there's yeah you know yeah, it's, it's not the same yeah yeah it's it's weird austin on the like atv would just bomb that thing around the, the ring um but yeah, I, I like whenever they do like bigger entrances. I I can't say this particularly lit the world on fire, but I guess it's cool getting a local skateboard company of, in Dallas a little bit of promotion. Yeah, I, I think that's super cool. But I do think if her if you're gonna really lean on, hey, she's a skater girl. She said, see you later, girl. Maybe do some skating, but don't maybe Absolutely. don't need to. Do I do skating. like her theme song as well. It's like a pop punk yeah. thing. Mandy Rose comes out and she's changed up the title a little bit. It's it's kind of the same logo and same shape, but it's now got a white strap and a bit of kind of shiny color behind the gold NXT. Um, I didn't notice. Yeah. I uh, yeah, it almost like you know fish fins how it kind of changes color in the light. It looked kind of like that. I I didn't think it looked too bad. I think as, no, it looks cool. As far as adding the color, it I thought it did look cool and didn't look. Didn't look like an art attack title uh, here. I, I, I yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Picture of it. It looks it looks cool. It has the the the, the colors of NXT 2.0 and everything. But mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Mandy definitely looking like uh, a champion here. She's coming down, like down to like an angel with Wade Barrett's old bad news thing. Yeah, this was like a like Britney Spears live performance here, where she's coming down like with the wings on the Titantron and everything. She she went all out for the champion WrestleMania entrance. Mm. Well, all three target Mandy uh, right away. Uh, Mandy just forearms Kaylee Ray in the face, sending her out the ring. Uh, but the other two then boot Mandy out of the ring. Uh, Kaylee Ray and EO then team up against Cora. And then EO and Kaylee Ray both hit Tope Suicidas to the other two on the outside. Mandy hits this delayed vertical suplex to Cora in the ring for a two count. And then Kaylee Ray does her like step up swanton to Cora on the floor. EO then follows up with the moonsault to Kaylee Ray, and she came down on Kaylee Ray hard here, like knee to the head, just taking her out. Yeah. Uh, looked pretty nasty, but also pretty cool. Kaylee Ray then catches Mandy in a triangle in the ring, and EO attempts to uh, apply a clover leaf to to uh, Cora at the same time. Um, I think the timing was just slightly off here. I think it was more, they were both meant to do it at the same time and then realize the other two had the submission in to let go. Um, but Cora ends up kicking EO off. So she crashes into Mandy and Kaylee Ray breaking the submission. And then Cora and Kaylee Ray are fighting on the apron and Cora Jade hits a Canadian destroyer to Kaylee Ray on the apron. And we all know what is the apron, Brayden? The most hardest 
part, or we don't have Beth to tell us it's the most difficult part of the ring, but it's the hardest part of the ring. It's the most difficult part of the ring, yeah. (laughs) There's then a missile dropkick from EO, followed by a deadlift German suplex with a bridge to Mandy for a two count. And then EO and Mandy are fighting on the top rope, and EO hits a Spanish fly, one, two, but Cora breaks it up with a top rope sent on. And then Cora delivers sliced bread off the turnbuckle to Mandy, followed by a double arm DDT. But Kaylee Ray breaks up the pin. There's then a headbutt from Kaylee Ray to Cora, followed by the KLR bomb. And then Ray climbs the top rope, but EO pushes her off, delivers the moonsault to Cora, and Mandy comes in with the rose trigger to EO to pick up the win. And still, Mandy Rose is still NXT champion. Yeah, that was a pretty nasty looking Rose Trigger. Like she, she's picking up the scraps, but classic heel here. We didn't expect Mandy to be the one to, to, to win this and retain because we, we, we thought, you know, it was time to, to move forward. There's a few, we originally thought it was Cora in the singles match and then it was changed to this. But in a way, I'm kind of happy that she won. Uh, I, this match started off a little, a little hairy, but then it, it, it kind of started when it started to flow and everything, one was kind of hitting everything. It, it, it was really picking up. And like, like you said, there was a destroyer, but that, that Spanish fly on Mandy from EO was, was probably even more impressive, but a lot of them hitting some pretty crazy stuff here. Of course, EO Shirai going all out. The only thing I'm sad about is, yeah, my girl EO Shirai taking the pin to Mandy here. You know, Mandy's never going to let that one go. She pinned EO. Do you think EO moves up? I, I would hope so. I, I think uh, she's definitely still one of my uh, favorite wrestlers, just full stop. And I do think there's there's a lot more for her to, to do. Uh, I would have said put the if, – if she wasn't, I would have said she should have won this match and kind of reset the, the women's division here with the, the title switching hands. But, yeah, I, I – I, hey, you know what? I would even watch Raw if she was uh, uh, on Raw. So there you go. I, I, I would like to see her move up and – we need to see that Sasha rematch. We need to see EO versus Charlotte, EO versus not Ronda, but all sorts of uh, other matchups that we can get to. But yeah, I, some of this match, like I said, the, the second half of this match definitely picked up for me. I thought all of them were, were hitting on all cylinders. I feel we're definitely kind of this like post mania season have a lot more call-ups than we have in the last year. I think main roster does need a, a bit of a refreshing and especially with NXT being a, a different direction they're gonna you're gonna see more of the old guard move up uh but yeah I, i'm like you it's it started off a bit dicey and then when it got going i thought all four really stepped up i thought this might have been the best mandy's looked i thought she was doing some pretty cool stuff here and cora jade continues to impress and it's crazy how young she is but i really got into this especially the last kind of few minutes here um yeah def- definitely a highlight on the show for me and and not one i was necessarily um really looking forward to but i i did enjoy this yeah eo sold that rose trigger really well it looked great she made mandy look really strong we get uh, a replay of the uh my note says the dexter and indy shit (laughs) um but from the uh on the kickoff show we have Duja versus uh index where they're trying to decide who is the hottest couple uh both have videos that were the highest NXT kind of TikTok videos of all time. And it was in TMZ uh, when they were playing tongue tennis the other week. And well, they're in Dallas and they're going shopping and 
Indy is kind of dressing Dexter up like a cowboy. And this was not a look I, I was thinking would work for Dexter oh, yeah. Loomis. But Cowboy Dexter looks fantastic in his like in his hangman gear here, his nice cowboy this shirt. This shirt was amazing. Hat. Someone find me he this shirt. Great. The teal, like ba- like weird baby blue kind of turquoise thing. That shirt was fire with the black cowboy hat. I don't I, like. I don't know if they were trying to be funny because it just made him look like like a million. But like, he could change his gimmick right now. The one thing that made me laugh in this whole thing was him almost about to about to murder Duke with his belt. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> he was just about yeah. to, to murder him, and then he's like, "Oh, I guess I shouldn't do that." Uh, this was terrible. But uh, yeah. I guess he needed some sort of filler on this. It's it's Duke the whole time trying to like he thinks he's so sexy. He's like, like flexing his bum muscles and these like open shirt cowboy thing. Yeah. They then Mackenzie then reveals the results of the Twitter vote for who is the best couple. Obviously, Index wins, and Duke Hudson's mad about this and knocks Dexter's hat off. And then they they go to fight, but referees all come in and pull them apart. Duke is like, this is ridiculous. How on earth can you be more handsome and a better, sexier couple than us? It's it's real good shit here. Um, And I I imagine we'll get some sort of match on Tuesday uh, between these two. Yeah, like I like Indy. I like Persia. I think they're both uh, good wrestlers. And every time they're given this kind of stuff, they work with the best that they can and especially Indy we've watched her uh, for even before the 2.0 kind of changeover but I do think this stuff that NXT they keep going for this weird horniness the whole relationship stuff sex stuff PDA and all that stuff I I I don't know I feel like Indy is kind of uh, above that I'd rather just see her actually wrestle and and uh, be featured in, in yeah. actual wrestling than, than just this. Dexter, again, he looked, uh, just surprisingly well in that shirt and get up that. I mean, you could just, this guy could rock it. I, this silent cowboy? Silent the, killer yeah, cowboy. Angel eyes. Yeah. Something I, like that. I think he needs to keep this. Uh, yeah. I mean, Dexter, I guess he's going to have a match with Duke, but this was like your Briggs and Jensen, like filler stuff here. This yeah. was what this was. Yeah. We go to our next match. Gunther versus L.A. Knight. Uh, Gunther gets Knight in the corner and gives him like a really light chop to the chest, almost as a warning. Like you've got more, you've got more coming there. But Knight comes back and starts stomping down. He goes for his running knee in the corner, but Gunther bails to the floor. Knight then pursues him with a clothesline off the apron. Gunther comes back with an apron bomb. Knight then hits his leaping neck breaker, but Gunther just comes right back with a big boot and then applies the Boston Crab. Uh, he's starting to work on Knight's back here. He transitions into the STF. Knight is able to get Gunther up, uh, like out of this STF into this like vertical suplex, and then hits his slingshot shoulder block and I'm calling them the yeah stomps <laughs> in the corner, followed by the running knee. And then Knight has Gunther rocked as he uh, hits a scoop slam, followed by an elbow drop. Then they're fighting on the top. Gunther pushes Knight off, but he runs back with his leaping superplex to Knight. uh, Sorry, to Gunther for a two count. Um, And then Gunther goes for a chop, but this gets blocked. Gunther starts clubbing the back of Knight, applies a sleeper which Knight manages to counter into a burning hammer, which Gunther kicks out of. Knight then climbs up the top, but gets clubbed in the back, 
and knocked off the top rope, allowing Gunther to follow up with a splash to the back, followed by the powerbomb for the win. Yeah, uh, the finish there is very similar to, what, Stan Hansen and Kenta Kobashi, where he clotheslines him right back over into the ring and then just goes in and just destroys him here. Uh, LA Knight is someone that is just super over in that NXT crowd week by week. I mean, he comes out, it's almost like Stone Cold is, is coming out there. Here, you had some people that clearly may not even know some of these people, just they just bought tickets to the show, because why not? They're there. But they mm-hmm. definitely were people there also that were supported. You mentioned the the yeah kicks and stuff in the corner. Like it, it did get over and I could see it getting over uh, again, but I thought I thought LA Knight brought some some wrestling here. The storyline was Walter or Gunther doesn't like silly shit, so decided L.A. Knight, of all people, is the one person he'll target on the silly shit. Um, but the wrestling w- was there. It was like kind of not not like a hoss fight, but it was it was pretty good. It was kind of exactly what I, I figured it would be, and I think the right guy went over. If you're asking me, I guess now with new music, new name, no titles on any of them, Imperium is someone, or some, the whole group is some something you could be looking out for on the Raw after Mania. Absolutely, yeah. Un- unless you want to have a a top run with Gunther um, with the title at any point, I I could see these guys moving up pretty imminently. Um, I don't think I was as high on the match as you. This was one I was really looking forward to. It was I fine. It it wasn't. It it oh. didn't like blow me away or anything i just it went as as i figured it would i thought we'd get a bit more here i I think la knight has really brought it in these big matches and obviously gunther's walter um we didn't i i thought la knight got way too much offense here i think gunther matches work when he's the one dominating and the other guy is fighting from underneath and starts getting those hope spots and starts rocking gunther walter uh, whatever you want to call him. Uh, and we didn't really get the chops either, which I think you're doing a big WrestleMania weekend uh, arena show. Uh, we didn't really get any of those classic chops. I felt this was this was very much Gunther starting to work more a WWE style and a lot less of the indie style that we've we've loved from him. It wasn't bad by any means. Both guys can wrestle and and it was it was good. I just thought we might get I, I thought this could be a bit of a sleeper on this show, um, and I was a little underwhelmed. Yeah, no, I I, I kind of felt like that with all the matches, but uh, <laughs> like everything felt like still like TV kind of like really good TV matches. But uh, well, we'll continue and and talk about it a bit more. Well, we go to our main event for the NXT Championship: Dolph Ziggler defending the title against Bron Breaker. Bron comes out with a chainsaw which at first i thought was made of lego it's uh it's an nxt 2.0 like, colorful yeah, chainsaw all the paint here. and everything on the chainsaw i like how he just wanders oh, over and finds this chainsaw he's like huh well it's texas yeah. it's chainsaws in yeah. texas they yeah. just they just have chainsaws lying around everywhere <laughs> well there's a massacre wasn't yeah. there there's, yeah. there's about to be one yeah um bron then comes out with this chainsaw and well all his big kind of not take over entrances are him destroying the NXT logo. So he, he chainsaws through the, the X of the NXT and breaks it in half. Um, it was definitely styrofoam. Wearing... <laughs> oh yeah. It was colored styrofoam that he chainsaws through, yeah. but still the visual of him doing that is still, at least he wore his, 
had protective eye gear, and kids always remembered, even if you're cutting styrofoam or anything, you should always wear protective eye gear when using such mach- such machinery. Yeah, safety first. Uh, Bronze wearing a quite nice white singlet here. I thought he looked great. Yeah, like Scott. Dolph it's, comes out. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's like his, his, his family there, the Steiner names. Dolph comes out with Rude. Uh, Dolph is no longer in the, the long tights here. He's in his, his more older classic uh, short trunks. Uh, I think enough people in NXT are cosplaying Shawn Michaels, so Dolph figured maybe he'd take a little step back from that and go back to his roots maybe. You said um, in NXT? But- <laughs> Just everywhere? Oh, well, yeah. But, yeah, true. <laughs> Dolph slaps Bron across the face before the bell rings to fire him up. Um Bron, quite early on, goes for a takedown and just kind of almost drops Dolph. And Dolph transitions it right away into like an amateur wrestling hold, like a roll and then a hold. I thought Dolph recovered this uh, pretty nicely here. Bron then catches Dolph with a big spine buster and starts delivering the big belly-to-belly overhead suplexes. He pulls down the straps and goes for the spear but Rude grabs his leg, so the ref sends Bobby out of you there. Are you are out of here. Uh, Robert Rude's refusing to leave, so Bron starts stalking him until he leaves. And as this is going on, Ziggler removes a turnbuckle pad. Uh, back in the ring, they're fighting on the top, and Bron goes for the Frankensteiner, but gets knocked off. It's now all Dolph. He's uh, applying kind of sleeper holds, choke choke holds, just grinding down on Bron. Uh, Bron starts to come back with some shoulder tackles and another belly-to-belly suplex, followed by quite a nice tilt-a-well slam for a two-count. This time, he does connect with the Frankensteiner, but there's a kick-out. Bron goes for the spear, but eats a knee to the head. Uh, Bron goes it for it a second time, and this time connects with the spear, but Ziggler kicks out. Dolph then sends Bron to the outside, and when he comes back in, Dolph connects with the regal knee, and then Dolph goes for the super kick, but this is caught. He shoved back and eats a second spear. Then Bron picks up uh, picks up Ziggler for the like military press into the power slam. And it's a one, it's a two, but Rude is back and pulls Ziggler out of the ring to safety. And as they're kind of maintaining composure on the outside, Bron comes over the top rope with a tope con hilo. What? Bron rolls Ziggler into the ring, but as Bron climbs back in, he eats a famouser, followed by the zigzag for a near fall. Ziggler then climbs up the top, hits an elbow drop, but Breaker kicks out. Ziggler then starts to tune up the band. He's stomping his foot, uh, but Bron is already up and he's right in his face and it stops Ziggler in his tracks. There's a clothesline from Bron, another spear, gets him up for the military press again, but Ziggler thumbs Bron in the eye, then pushes him headfirst into the exposed turnbuckle and follows up with the super kick and still... Dolph Ziggler retains the NXT Championship. I'm here to show the world. Yeah, I mean, what a shocker. I think we were talking about it would be more interesting if he 
did retain just because everyone would figure that this was all set up for Braun. I mean, it was almost like too perfect with the Steiners going into the Hall of Fame the night before. Uh, I figured with Rude coming back out there to try, even though he was kicked out, he still tried to interfere afterwards that maybe we would have seen the the Steiners come up and almost help him or something. But uh, I think I've been saying this about a lot of people, but Breaker could be potentially someone who moves up right away as well here. But I think it's more interesting with Ziggler winning just because you could easily make another person in NXT by having them be the one who, who beats Dolph, but I, I didn't hate the match by anything. I'm a little bummed I didn't get my Steiner screwdriver spot mm. on Dolph. I think that would have taken it to the next level, but they didn't do that, so definitely a deduction on them. No, um, I, I still liked it. It felt like um, it felt like a good WWE match. It kind of had a little bit of everything, a little bit of the shenanigans here or there. But I think Braun, uh, kind of still in the early days of of his career, like can do a lot of cool stuff. The Frankensteiner, and I mean. Anytime you have Ziggler bumping around, taking those spears, he always makes them look like they're most, the most devastating move, just flopping around, overselling it there, but it always looks great. Do we call it a Frankensteiner or a Frankenbreaker? Cause he still, he changes his, his Twitter name to like Rex Steiner or whatever, but he still calls mm. him Breaker. But yeah, I, I, I thought this was pretty good. Um, and I was a little shocked that Dolph won. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it makes it interesting kind of. Who who's the next opponent? I I see this maybe as a call up for Bron. Um, he was on Raw the other week, and I think there's like getting the Steiners involved. I wonder if we are going to get a name change in a call up, uh, as they seem to have made good with Scott, perhaps. Yeah, um, yeah I I also quite like for with Bron. We've seen a few slip ups in some of his matches, but the story they're telling with him is. He is new at this. He is green, but he's got this raw potential. And sometimes his his just size and everything can win, but the veterans can get the better of him and can capitalize on these slip-ups he makes. Um, so there were a couple of rough spots in the match, but in a way, it, to me, it added to the story of it um, with Ziggler taking advantage. Uh, yeah, I, I found it quite entertaining. Um, and I, I am quite pleased Ziggler won. I think it's... It's more interesting moving forwards. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought both of them. It was probably Ziggler, you know, kind of, you know, I could see Ziggler kind of calling spots and stuff like that, helping the, the younger talent. So, I mean, that's what this was, was for to kind of help make this guy. But then in, in the end, it's Ziggler winning anyways. So, I mean, I wonder where they, they do go with, with Ziggler re, re, remaining on NXT and going back and forth with, with Raw and NXT and all that. Yeah. And they, they were getting the crowd with all the near falls at the end and the shenanigans. For sure. it, it was. You could feel the crowd getting louder and biting on the all the near falls and things. So I think I'd have been, like, if I went there live, I'd have been satisfied uh, with the main event here. Um, yeah, o- overall, what was your, your match of the night tonight? Yeah, look, uh, talking back about the main event there, I'm like, oh, you know what? I did get into some of uh, the, the stuff. I do love all the spears and stuff. But I, it didn't kind of get to maybe the, the next level that I thought it it possibly could have again maybe that Steiner screwdriver or he can rename it the the breaker chainsaw or whatever massacre but I still I still got into the match and I still liked it but thinking back I do think the 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 three way tag even though my 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 uh, critique of it was that I think it, they just I wish it went a little longer because I liked all the stuff that they were doing but probably that was my my match of the night um, but nothing on this show was bad um, unless you're talking about Duke Hudson 
dancing with mm. his buns there with his bum shaken. But I, I didn't think anything was bad. I just didn't any, – nothing nothing felt like it wasn't the weekly stuff. It still felt like it was kind of the stuff that we were seeing week to week. Um, it, it was really cool to see it with a live crowd though. And I think that obviously helps in any environment of wrestling, but the production value and everything there was, was still there and the crowd and everything made it feel like a very important and, and fun show, but none of the matches like hit for me that I'm, I'm got to tell my buddy, you know, you got to watch this, this show. I don't think mm-hmm. any of these like this, this, I'm not, I'm trying not to be negative on this, but none of these this didn't feel like a takeover to me. It didn't hit like any of the takeovers. Someone in our Twitch chat earlier when we just started recording the show was asking, you know, what, what was this? If you, if this was a takeover, where would you rank it in the slot? And I'm like, ah, that's, that's like such a like tough thing. They're trying to move away from, from that, but it didn't, it didn't hit like, like those old takeover NXT shows used to, but I still enjoyed it. Not again, nothing on this like made me go, Oh, I hated that. Yeah, to, to me, I mean, NXT is a completely different thing now. And I'm not going into this expecting five-star classics like I used to because it's not full of your incredible indie performers. It's, this is kind of, uh, yeah, you're like your kid's school show, you know, if you know what I mean. It's like they're big, big performance. It's, they're on the big stage. But these are, this is developmental now. And I feel... um I would compare this more to the early takeovers, like the early takeovers that were still in full sale. Uh, when you've got your, you know, Baron Corbin versus Apollo Crews on the show and that kind of thing. And I, I think, yeah, this this isn't that hot run of like 2000 and what, 15, 16, 17, 18, where it essentially was like an indie super show with WWE production. That's not what you're going to get now. Uh, from this but that's not to say i didn't enjoy it and i i think there is a lot of a lot of potential and a lot of talent here with these uh newer guys going through the pc uh people like a bron breaker and a and a cora jade um really do stand out um but yeah i i'm not gonna there's certainly stuff i've seen on like uh like on Bloodsport that biff Busick and john Moxley. moxie match was incredible the other day you're not gonna get that on these shows but that's not to say it's bad it's just it, don't expect that, those super indies anymore but yeah i a bit of a mixed bag but nothing apart from some of the skits kind of was was bad for me i i did enjoy my time this afternoon watching this yeah again i didn't i didn't hate it whatsoever it just still felt like it would like the way it's been with the tv like nothing kind of went over the 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 kind of the top even even the match i was most looking forward to the the, the three-way tag i felt like it could have gotten to more so like the next level and more of the the storytelling between the three teams uh, but i still i still enjoyed the show don't get me wrong um uh, but it it definitely didn't hit uh like a, I liked everyone's WrestleMania. Some of the gear and entrances were cool, but other than that, it didn't feel necessarily like a WrestleMania uh, weekend. Well, that's what we thought. Let's see what you guys thought. We did open up a feedback thread uh, on the Facebook group. Uh, so if you've not joined the Up Next group yet on Facebook, please do. Yeah, so. there's a there's um, an Up Next podcast like page you can like, but then it will take you to the Up Next group and go join that and. Just join in on the madness. And we start with Corey, who says, 
Stan and Deliver was a tale of two stories. You had feel-good moments like Raquel and Dakota winning the tag titles and Cameron Grimes winning the North American title. But then you had Mandy Rose retaining by pinning Io Shirai clean. More on that in a second. And Dolph Ziggler retaining. Io Shirai getting pinned clean was outstandingly stupid if she isn't getting called up as she was the most over woman in that match and one of their biggest actual prospects. And Braun is in the same boat in that he should have regained the title because Dolph does nothing for NXT and shouldn't be a champion there. Damn, doesn't like Dolph. DZ. Uh, we go to Fire Frank, who writes, Nice to see NXT out of the CWC for a change. The crowd was pretty hot in Dallas. The ladder match was nuts. And a good feel-good ending rip Waller's arm. Champa's kind of inauspicious last match, but his and Tony D's entrance were great. And Pop H coming out was the chopping onions moment of the show. Tag and woman's t- title matches were both pretty wild. Knight and Gunther had a cool-down match, but Gunther looked like a killer by the end. Dolph did everything in his power to give Braun his best match yet. His selling of a spear is something else. A shocking finish that I didn't dislike actually when I think of it. Overall, a lot of energy and I was entertained. Pour one out for Daddy Champa and Braun? Question mark. And finally, we go to Magan, who says, It's been a long time coming for NXT's first show in an arena in two years. It was a mixed bag. The ladder match stole it, and Grimes was in rare form. Champa's farewell match versus Tony D was solid. Seeing Triple H post-health scare gave me feels. The tag title triple threat was fun. The Creed brothers' time will come. They got pretty deadly on the docket. Knight Gunther didn't feel like a Walter match. The women's four-way was well done, despite some bumpiness, and Breaker Ziggler's cast... Sorry, Breaker Ziggler cast a shadow over Bronze future. Does he stay, or does he go? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, so I think people are kind of on the, the same page. There's some good stuff, and there's some stuff that was just... Yeah, it was all right. Sorry. Uh, well, that was, that was... I almost said takeover, but it was not a takeover. It was a stand and deliver. Did they deliver? They definitely stood. Did they deliver? I'd, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, for the for the card we were given with the talent we were given, I'd say they delivered. I, I definitely, I see a lot in some future talent. Like I see so much in Carmelo Hayes, I see so much in Braun Breaker, and I see so much in the Creed Brothers uh, specifically. I think those two are definitely uh, the future of this biz here in WWE. Like those two, uh, they even had new gear, which I didn't even mention there. They did, they lost the gear that looked like their pajamas. This this one looked more <laughs> so like singlets that were proper. But yeah, like there's a, there's the crop, the some of the class here is like definitely to watch because you will be seeing a lot of them going for, forward on WWE programming. But yeah, with Re- WrestleMania this weekend and all the like, you know, shakeups and call-ups or whatever, if they do, in fact, do some, I think it would be a good time to freshen things up and bringing up like an Imperium or a Braun, EO, things like that could uh, refresh things, reset, mm-hmm. make things a bit more uh, interesting and, and stuff. I mean, I can't wait. We Imagine Braun Breaker versus Cody Rhodes. In WWE, yeah, could be. Yeah, we could, could be, be seeing. Yeah. Uh, guys, that was us talking about some stand and deliver. Uh, we hope you uh, enjoyed us talking about it. We have a bunch of other shows. Of course, we'll be back with some up next talking about the fallout from stand and deliver on Tuesday night. We record up next live on Tuesday nights on Twitch, and we do BD Elite chatting all about Dynamite every week as well here on this very free feed. But we we did have a, a little uh, Hall of Fame 
tie-in show that we did on the Patreon for April Fools. We did a 90s doubleheader of Big Van Vader in Boy Meets World and Baywatch. And we were joined by a friend of the show, Brandon from New Jersey, to talk all about it. That was one hell of a show. Yeah, that that was so much fun to do for, for April Fool's Day. Talking about the fine acting career of WWE Hall of Famer right. Vader. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you can go back to our uh, archives as well. If you're, if you're on a Hall of Fame kick, listen to our Steiner Brothers review from just last month. Yeah, we just looked at all the, the Steiner Brothers best matches and, and chatted all about that. That was a kick. Uh, we have a ton of great shows lined up coming out this month as well. So now's a great time to give us a shot. It's only five bucks for North American tier. You get access to everything that we're releasing this month and everything in that back catalog, all the retro NXT reviews, movie reviews, pay-per-view reviews, everything. And uh, of course at up next podcast on Twitter, go give us a follow every like and RT is greatly appreciated. And uh, yeah, we appreciate you listening to us. Uh, I, myself, Braden Harrington. You can find me on Twitter and I am on Instagram. I am at the Bray D. And I am at Davey Portman. Happy WrestleMania weekend. Give me the green light. I'm going to be bumping that for a, a while. Uh, and we'll either see you in Leeds or see you in Toronto for our, our parties as well. But we'll catch you uh, on the flip side. Take care. Goodbye. Be safe. And, and still, NXT champion. Dawson. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy 5 or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.